welcome to Things We're Too Lazy to Blog About. I am Amanda Lauren, and I am with my co-host, Allie Levine. Hey, hey, hey. And we are with Alex Nyers or Haynes. Like, what? I go by oh, Haynes. You do? Yeah. Alexis Haynes, who you probably know because she was on this e-show called Pretty Wild. <laughs> um, and she sort of had a pretty wild life, and now mm-hmm. she's like this amazing pregnancy doula guru <laughs> and we could li- like we've just literally been sitting here talking yeah. for half an hour instead of recording because she's so interested <laughs> yeah literally we're like sorry guys we kept you away from the tea we were we kept you away from the tea um but thank you so much for being yeah, here thanks for having me yes with your cute dog. Thank you. Look at him begging. He's like, give me the bagel. He's like, give me the bagel. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You guys know by now that I'm pregnant. And so it's like, I'm literally just eating every two seconds. And the dogs are like salivating at the mouth. <laughs> I know. The dogs are not getting any bagels. <laughs> so what I wanted to talk to you about is what sort of your story, how you became a doula and you're working for your husband's rehab, how all of this sort of came about. Um, so I got sober when I was 19 and I met my husband, um, shortly thereafter and we got married nine months later Wow! and, um, three months after we were married, I was pregnant with my daughter Harper and Harper is, um, now four and a half and when I was I had a pretty run of the mill pregnancy with Harper, and um, what I realized when I was maybe like fifteen or seventeen weeks pregnant was that I didn't want to have a hospital birth. I wanted to have a home birth for a number of reasons. Um, the first is I watched that documentary, The Business of Being Born, I and just it. <laughs> I, I, I saw it. Okay. And so I was like, yeah, I think I think I could have a home birth, and. It was something that seemed really exciting to me. My mom had both my sister and I, um, she had unmedicated births. And so she was like, it wasn't that bad. I mean, we, I just, I decided I didn't want an epidural. And I was like, okay, I think I could do this. So I watched that documentary and then I, you know, I openly talk about the fact that I'm a sexual abuse survivor. And so the idea of um, delivering in a hospital setting with all these like vaginal checks and laying flat on your back and big lights on your vagina while you're like pushing out a baby did not seem like something that was really for me. It kind of freaked me out a little bit, That's especially. That's totally fair. But yeah. I feel like that freaks out most people, yeah. regardless yeah. of the situation. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, just having something like so forcefully coming out of my vagina, like, I don't know, for me, it was, <laughs> it was just like a little bit triggering. And so. Um, I met with a few midwives and I decided that I wanted to have a home birth. So I got together with a certified nurse midwife and we went over my options. At the time, Evan and I were like broke because he put all of his money into starting his treatment center with his business partner, Jared. And um, that was like... I mean, our whole lives. Like, he basically lived at the center at the time because we couldn't afford an employee. So him and Jared just, like, switched off shifts pretty much. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he did that until I was nine months pregnant with Harper. Um, So we went over our options with the midwife, and basically I said, I really 
I like the midwifery model of care, which is a lot more like patient um, or mother-centered, where with an OB, you walk in, they see you for 10 or 15 minutes, barely answer your questions, Mm -hmm. and you're out. A midwife, you spend like an hour at each appointment, and they go over your diet, and they go over nutrition, and they go over... um, you know, all of your different birthing options. And that was something that I found to be really attractive. So fast forward to 37 weeks, pregnant with Harper, and my water breaks in the middle of the night. And I called my midwife and I was like, things are picking up pretty quickly. I did have fairly fast labors with both of my kids. I mean, some moms are in labor for like 24 hours. That's not my experience at all. Lucky. And, um, lucky. Let's hope she's rubbing off on me. I lucky, know. but it's also more intense. Because okay. what happens when you have 24-hour labor is mm-hmm. your contractions in the beginning are like 10 minutes apart. Right. So it's like and they're like mild. Right. So like you have time to kind of like ramp up, mm-hmm. you know. And with both of my labors, well, with Dakotas it was a little bit different. But my labor with Harper, it was like water broke. And I got up and I was like, I'm going to take a shower and I'm going to do my hair so I look like really good. I'm going to do my makeup so I look good for photos. And then that first contraction hit and I was like, okay, that was a little intense. And then like three minutes later, another contraction hit. So I never got like the ramping up to like, it just was really intense, really fast. But it turned out um, we were pushing um, at, let's see, I went to labor at like four 30 or 4.45 in the morning, and by, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so, like, maybe 10-ish or 11 hours later, mm-hmm. I was in the tub, and I'm pushing, and my midwife was like, can you feel... I remember I was in a lot of pain in my back, which I know now as a doula means that the baby's not in an optimal position mm-hmm. a lot of the time, and so I was pushing my doula's, like, or my midwife's like, can you feel ahead? I reach down as I'm pushing and I'm like no I feel two butt cheeks so Harper was breech and like I'm like touching my vagina because it hurts so bad like oh my god like protecting it (laughs) I'm like oh my gosh um (laughs) just thinking about it I'm like but uh so she goes we need to transfer to the hospital and it wasn't necessarily that the c-section was so traumatic it was the way that I was um, treated in the hospital that was traumatic okay. and I ended up having really horrendous postpartum um, anxiety and, and depression wow. I think that that really contributed to it and um, so fast forward um, Harper is about one and there's a mom in Los Angeles who's a single mom who reached out to me on Facebook or maybe on Instagram because she knew who I was and she's like I'm a single mom, and I'm due any day now. I have no mom. She passed away when I was younger, and she goes, I have no support, and you seem like such a great mom. Like, do you know of anything that I, like, any resources for me? And I was like, yeah, I'll be at your birth. And she was like, really? This is before I was even a doula. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So a few weeks later, she goes into labor, and she calls me, and she ended up having a beautiful, unmedicated um, birth at Cedars um, here in Los Angeles. And I called my midwife right after from Harper's um, pregnancy, and I said, how do I become a doula? 
I have to do this like now. So I mm-hmm. went and I had I did a training um, that That's very amazing. next week with Anna Paula at Beanie Birth, which is the most amazing resource, and you should definitely do your say, childbirth education there. It is. I was told about this a couple of days ago. Oh yes, okay. it is amazing. And you're in the valley too. Yep. It's in Studio mm-hmm. City. Yep. So she's amazing. All of the teachers there are amazing. Mm-hmm. I went on to do my childbirth education course there because I wanted to become a childbirth educator after that. And I started attending births. And then when Harper was 18 months, I had a miscarriage. And then I, you know, it's like all of these experiences that I've had as a mother um, and as a woman. I think I've prepared me to do the work that I do, which Mm -hmm. is just such an honor to serve women in this way. And um, so fast forward, I get pregnant with Dakota, and I have the most challenging pregnancy. I've spoken about this on my social media, but basically from 10 to 20 weeks, we were told that she was not going to make it, that she had this... I got the diagnosis when she was 10 weeks of not compatible with life. We were told that she had trisomy 13, which is like the worst chromosomal abnormality that you Mm -hmm. can have. And I insisted on further testing because my CVS test at 13 weeks came back positive. And I insisted that we went on to do the amnio at um, 19 weeks. And I'm glad that we did because um, I have a beautiful, healthy 15-month-old girl now um but it furthered my um ability to support women because I've gotten that diagnosis of not compatible with life I know how to support women that are going through the same thing or that have diagnosis of um, maybe trisomy 21 which is down syndrome or any other chromosomal abnormality I feel like I'm better prepared now to assist those type of women. So what an honor. And then I went on to have a VBAC. So I had a vaginal birth after C-section, which is very rare, in uh, which is unfortunate because the um, American Academy of Obstetrics and Gynecology recommends that any woman who's had one C-section tries for a trial of labor after mm-hmm. cesarean. And our C-section rates are so high. And for... Um, we're, we have the highest maternal and fetal death rate of any westernized nation in the United That's States, scary. which is scary. And a lot of that has to do with the amount of C-sections well, that we money, perform. I, it's a money grab. And yep. I feel like a yeah. lot of this is just like, yep. as, as someone who has been in, who's, like, life has essentially been compromised by the medical community, yeah. like, I feel like everything is just a money grab. And then it the is. other part of it is that, like, we don't, we have a responsibility as women to, inf- like, you wouldn't go into a major, like, life event without fully preparing yourself. We have a responsibility as women to um, to get as much information as we possibly can about, you know, being pregnant and going into motherhood and what that looks like and what all of our options are. And I think that um, in the medical community, we also need have a responsibility to inform women of their options and to make informed medical decisions for themselves and for their children. So fast forward, I had, I delivered Dakota and it was a beautiful VBAC. And then I ended up having a life-threatening pregnancy complication after that. And I ended up with a pulmonary embolism in my right lung. So when I say I'm like a full spectrum doula, I mean that I support women (laughs) before, during, and after their pregnancy and their deliveries on and every area, like I, if you if you need a, a life 
life-saving or non-life-saving, but after 20 weeks, they're all life-saving right. late-term abortions. Like, I will support you. Right. I absolutely understand that decision because mm-hmm. when I made the decision to go forward with my pregnancy with Dakota, um, I also know that I had a three-year-old behind, and at mm-hmm. any moment, if all of a sudden my life was on the line... I would have to choose my life because I cannot leave behind my three-year-old. It's right. just, it oh just wasn't God. an option for right. me. And so I knew that going wow. into it that that might be an option. Not and then, mm-hmm. no, and then if, if she was born, they, the babies with trisomy 13 usually only live for, um, well, usually they don't even make it to full term, so you end up delivering stillborn. But, you know, we had to make the decision, like, are we going to try to medically support this child or mm-hmm. are we going to just sure. let the baby pass, whether mm-hmm. that's in one hour or one day or one week, like, what you know, keep the baby as comfortable as possible mm-hmm. but not do any, like, life-saving operations. I mean, all of these decisions are so hard to make. Yep. Um, and so I love supporting women in that way. And, and honestly, like, when I got sober, I've always had... Um, a heart to like serve. Like I remember when I was doing my reality show, they there's this clip where I'm like, I people are like, um, who do you look up to? And I said Angelina Jolie. And I think that you know they cut out everything I said. You know, of course. <laughs> I mean, I literally that was nice from it. You know, they cut yeah. out like I'm like she's a philanthropist. Mm-hmm. She does so much good for yeah. the world. But that's they just added good. that I, you know, she has a hot husband or right. whatever silly thing that I said, mm-hmm. which is funny because you know what 18 year old doesn't think that way anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and thankfully, like I do have a very hot husband, <laughs> <laughs> um, or at least he is in my eyes. Yeah. And so you know, um, I've always looked up for the people that that are helpers. Mm-hmm. And that do good in the world. And now that I'm an adult, um, I have the honor of, of serving both women, pregnant women, and um, and even adoptive parents, mm-hmm. and also um, serving addicts. So when I got sober, when I was 19, I decided um, that I wanted to go to school to become a drug and alcohol counselor and to help the community that needs it most. I mean, right now, there's... um, Let me double-check the statistic, because I'm pretty damn sure that I'm right. But the most up-to-date... You know, addiction in this country, overdose, is a leading cause of death for people under 50. Mm And I believe it's about 59 million Americans are addicted to um, drugs. Wow. So, you know, what are we going to do about this crisis? Um, It is... Yeah, and so in 2016, just uh, 64,000 people in this country died. I mean, if 64,000 people in this country were dying from... I don't know, car accidents, what would we do? Or right. If 69,000 people were dying a year from whatever mm-hmm. it is, like we would step up and take action. And in this country, 
for some reason, we view... Well, I'll tell you the reason. I'm kind of rambling. You guys you're can fine. No, no, no. I just know. You're so, so interesting. So I, 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 we both are just like literally sitting and you're like, rambling. No. no. Um, we haven't said anything because we're both just like, no, that, oh that's my what God. I, that's what I said to Alex. I'm like, no, she's okay. Because I interviewed you for Ravishly yeah. in 2015 and I reread the interview and I'm like, she was so Yeah, she so sent it to me and I was, I was reading the article and was like, wow. Yeah. Okay, so, so what... The problem is, is that we look at, at at addiction as a moral issue, but it's not a moral issue. And that started with um, in the Reagan era with the war on drugs, right? And mm-hmm. and the Just Say No mm-hmm. campaign that came out and Dare, mm-hmm. you know, and all of these things that just that pictured um, drug addicts as as just problem children or way, whatever. Yeah. And Dr. Gabor Mate, who's, who I'm a big fan of, I've interviewed him for Vice. Um, he said something that was so profound. He said, the war on drugs isn't a war on drugs. It's a war on drug addicts. It's a war on the people. And it totally. is true. Because mm-hmm. we lock up drug addicts, which further um, traumatize, like, you know, just it traumatizes people. It doesn't allow them the option of rehabilitation. And, um, you know, my husband and Jared, they're really they're so interesting because they have a very different approach than the majority of these compliance-based treatment models, which, you know, in Malibu, it's like, you're going to go to these meetings and Mm -hmm. you're going to do this and Mm -hmm. you're going to make your bed and you're going to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, "Mm, we don't think that that's very effective. Um, My husband and uh, Jared are from Vancouver. Oh, hi. You made me jump. I know. I know you hear the dogs next door. No, that's the people next door. Yeah, they don't like that dog. If this happens one more time, I'm literally gonna storm in there and start screaming. Okay, Oscar. So, um, so where was I? Oh yeah, so my husband and Jared—they're from Vancouver, and um, I think that they have definitely like a different approach to treatment. I think that. Um, a, a good amount of Canada does that you know in Vancouver they have um, in North you know they have North America's worst, worst heroin epidemic in the downtown east side of, of Vancouver and awesome. so what they've done there is really interesting they've they've taken more of a harm reduction approach so mm-hmm. they they developed safe injection sites which is really interesting they were noticing that there was such a high cost of um, people overdosing to like the city like the cops have to come out and the ambulances have to come out each time and mm-hmm. then there is the spread of HIV and and hepatitis C oh. and dirty needles everywhere and all of these issues so they developed safe injection sites which have nurses available in case you overdose they provide you with clean water and, and clean syringes reduce the rate and transmission and offer help if these people want it. So my husband and Jared's whole, um, their slogan is connection, not control. And I think that 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 is really what we're lacking in this um, traditional treatment model. I think that, um, and I think it's what we're lacking as Americans. I mean, we look at um, a few things. When someone comes into treatment, right, we assess them, obviously. And we do something called the biopsychosocial. So bio, biology, psycho, mental state. Mm -hmm. And then social, their social environment. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's how we can develop a customized treatment plan to what these people are dealing with. Mm-hmm. But if we look at the the average American's biopsychosocial, right? Biology, we know there's no addiction gene. Sure. Um, but there are genes for sensitivity, right? So one person can be definitely more sensitive towards things or, or have less resilience than, you know, you mm-hmm. could have more resilience than I do. Um, for instance, and so we look at the biology of somebody, then we look at their mental state, and um, we look at, you know, their social um, experiences, their social environment, and their mental state. A lot of the times, go hand in hand because what we know from um, children who have adverse experiences growing up or childhood trauma, their brains actually develop differently than people who don't experience trauma. Mm -hmm. So their whole frontal cortex, which is the area in your brain that um, deals with, um, you know, impulse control and your ability to manage your cortisol levels and your stress levels and your Mm -hmm. body and all of that is affected. So it's not really fair to say, you know, that this person just has like a moral issue. It's not a moral issue. This person has literally had their brain chemistry changed. And, um, you know, is, has been living in a um, stressful environment probably their entire lives and yep. needed some way to cope. And, and there's a period for every addict where um, it changes from impulse to compulse, mm-hmm. like real, where you have no option but to use. And, yeah. um, and then we talk about uh, the, you know, heroin epidemic, the opiate epidemic in this country that, you know, is dropping just kids on the street like flies it's terrible and um you know i it's just it's such an addictive drug it's just oh yeah it's the most addictive a lot of family who has been affected and um three cousins of mine who are in the same family and i agree with you as far as the stressful environment things that they were brought up in yeah and unfortunately like one sibling chose to do that drug and because they were siblings it was like passed it along like they all trusted each other and they all became addicted and like to this day I still have one cousin who can't shake it and the other two like barely get by every day like they have to have a million activities to make sure that they don't go do that yeah and so I completely agree with what you're saying it's really sad and um you know and then the the other problem is like lack of resources right Mm -hmm. like we're really fortunate with Obamacare that so many more people were able to get access to treatment but there are still millions upon millions of americans that aren't able to have treatment right um and also don't know where to go and don't and don't know where to go Mm -hmm. and i tell people all the time like reach out to me on social media Mm -hmm. i might not get back to you within a day or a week but i will get back to you eventually right just because i get so many um emails and such but you know i can't tell you how many moms or, or just women in general it's usually women I've had a few guys but usually women reach out to me and just say I don't know where to go I have no insurance no money and it's like really I don't know I don't know where you should go and so Mm -hmm. my husband and I right now are working on starting a nonprofit, um and it will hopefully eventually become a hospital style setting where we only treat opiate addicts um and I think that that would be like the most effective way to kind of like deal with that that issue and um 
yeah, so we're looking into writing a business plan right now and getting grant funding. That's amazing. Yeah, that's so nice. I it's mean, a lot. It's yeah, it a lot. is. Like, like, that's incredible. Like, yeah. you guys are even trying to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I, I just, I have to do something. You know, mm-hmm. when you see it yeah. day to day, it's like, I can't just sit, sit by yeah. and mm-hmm. watch this happen to you know literally destroys families and and ruins lives and and kills people so we've got to do something and it's a shame that um that the government isn't doing more well it's these doctors that just like it's i know someone that just had surgery Mm -hmm. and like she's completely fine like Mm -hmm. she's up she's walking whatever and she's like oh yeah the doctor gave me oxycontin and i'm like but you're a cancer yeah like what but that's our society like it's everything is like drugs and pills it's it's like hey here's this hey even with me being pregnant like i have told like every doctor i've seen i don't want to take anything like as far as pills are concerned for like my nausea and feeling this and feeling Mm -hmm. that and yet Still, almost every doctor is like, or even someone I talked to is like, oh, but you should take this. Oh, but you should take that. And I'm like, yeah. but I, to me, it's not worth it because of the risk that could happen to the baby. But it's like, I just feel like our society is so programmed to like, instead of like you said, it's analyzing nuts. your bio and your mind and your social and all this, they just look at you and they go, oh, well, here's a pill. Yeah. That should fix that. And it is in part, you know, um, Bob Forrest, who my husband works with, had a really interesting explanation. I don't remember where we were, but he said... Um, in the late 80s, there was a high demand for um, anesthesiologists. And so, like, everybody became an anesthesiologist. And then there was not that many, like, anesthesiologist uh. jobs. And so they developed this pain management model, right? Where, like, you you used to walk around with back pain and shit, you had back pain. Right. But now everybody gets oxys because they got back pain. And so it's like everybody's right. now on this pain management. As someone, no, so as someone who has back pain, I refuse to see a doctor for yeah. it. I just go to a chiropractor because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to just get, they're just yeah. going to give you drugs. They're just like, going to give you pain pills right. and then you're like hooked on them. And well, then and it's not really fixed and you're just like, it's like a band-aid. It yeah. yeah, like it's do, and they just hand you a band-aid. Like, yeah. I mean, most doctors. Yeah. So... So it's a huge issue, and it's those are the two things that I'm really, really passionate about. And, um, you know, I think that going back to, um, you know, the solution for addiction, I think that it's connection, and I think that a lot of that starts and can change um, with mothers. You know, like mm-hmm. we can raise a generation of of children that have um, really great loving attachments mm-hmm. with their family members that feel a part of society that, um, you know, are able to like thrive and do really well in the world and be mm-hmm. compassionate, um, strong, autonomous, wonderful people. Mm-hmm. But I really believe that that, that starts with families. And um, so, you know, when people, ask me like are you ever worried about your kids becoming addicts my answer to them is no I don't really worry about that I mean we worry about like a million things but I'll tell you why I don't really really worry about it I don't worry about it because um my children are being raised in an environment that's completely different than mine I mean Growing up, I had an alcoholic father, a mother that used substances on a regular basis, and 
was also just a really, um, she wasn't able to have healthy attachments with us because she had so much trauma of her own that she wasn't really able to, like, be present with us, you know, as kids. My parents divorced when I was just three years old because my dad was having an affair. Um, So here's my mom, a single mom of an 18-month-old and a -a three-and-a-half-year-old. And then I was being sexually abused from around the age of, like, three-and-a-half or four to about six or seven. And, um, you know, and my dad was quite violent and like, he just was, um, again, there was like no connection. There was no, like, I didn't feel safe anywhere. And so for my children, um, I do my best to, um, really to respect them. Like, I think a lot of people think that just because they have, that they're their children, like, that they own their bodies or they own them until they're, like, 18 years old. And I don't feel that way at all. Um, And so I respect them. They respect me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just simple things. Like, I'm not going to say, get it in this clothes right now, what I put out for you. It's, It's being able to say hey, what do you feel like wearing today? And then having more dialogue with her Mm -hmm. like this. You want to wear the dress that's raining outside. What would happen if you wore a dress when it's raining? Instead of just being like, that's silly, you stupid girl. It's raining, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah, Yeah, and being gentle and kind and, and, um, but with firm boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like my children, especially Harper, my baby like doesn't respect me, obviously, because (laughs) she's a baby. But my four-year-old is, I mean, like all the time people say, wow, she's so well-mannered and she is, you know, she's so calm. She's so loving. She's Mm -hmm. so lovely. Um, that's awesome. And I think that that's because, you know, she's just, she's just quite emotionally, like, stable. Um, and for any parents out there that want to learn more about this approach to parenting, um, it's, I do a lot of, I don't do a lot of attachment parenting, actually, which sounds kind of counterintuitive. Um, but instead, this is the right like slang. Um, no, attachment parenting is like a whole philosophy of, of parenting, and um, there's like a zillion books out there. I did baby wear. I did breastfeed. I also slept trained my kids when they were about a year. Um, <laughs> I stopped that. nursing at a year. I've heard I mean, that's like really attachment parenting. Well, attachment parenting is kind of against that, but and that's okay. Um, f- there's different ways. I think sleep training also gets like a bad rep. Um, you know, I never left my kid screaming in a crib for 20 minutes. Um, but I gently guided her. Uh, I would like to think quite respectfully mm-hmm. um, to learning how to fall asleep on her own. But it, I I really like the Rye philosophy, specifically Janet Lansbury. She's actually local in Los Angeles. And um, she has a great, great, great blog and website. She also wrote um, a book. I'll pull it up right now on my phone. Um I believe it's no, yeah, yeah, I believe it's no bad kids, but, um, no, here's, uh, Elevating Child Care, um, by Janet Lansbury and No, No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline with, let's see, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, two great books, another great book that I would recommend, ah, no, don't play, no, 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 okay, (laughs) okay, closed out of it. Um, another book that I would recommend is by Dr. Gabor Matte, who, as you know, I love and respect and admire. Um, and his book is called Hold On to Your Kids. 
Um, also an amazing book that I really recommend for all parents to read. Hold on to your kids. Hold on to your kids. And, um... Yeah, and The Whole Brain Child, another amazing book. I mean, I just, I love Audible. I don't know. I listen mm-hmm. to, like, a lot of stuff. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, does that basically, like, sum up? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're like, like, that's, like, that's, you're no, like talk no, to me about how you are these so things. so amazing. No, and, like, so much information. so like, interesting. Yeah, and I know people are going to listen and be like, wow, she's got so much um Information And I mean, you know, just being a little bit selfish since I'm 15 weeks pregnant, um, I would love to kind of just hear, you know, more of like the whole thing like you were saying, you know, like being a doula and this and that. As someone who is going to be a first-time mom and someone being first-time pregnant, you know, I'm still like looking into, you know, doctor versus midwife, mm-hmm. want a doula regardless. Mm-hmm. So, like I'm still like really checking into like what all that means and like learning because like honestly yeah. I have no idea and I think – especially living in California and being from New York, I really had never heard about it, you know, living back home. But now yeah. being here, like I hear about it all the time, which I think is amazing. And so I'm still trying so to California. like, yeah, right. I it's mean, becoming a thing in New York though now too. Like it's heard. actually becoming yes. quite the thing. And especially for postpartum doulas, uh-huh. um, hiring help after mm-hmm. which I think is you brilliant. deliver, which is, is so important, especially with yeah. establishing, you know, there's so much, um, well-intentioned but horrible advice that women re- receive from their friends about breastfeeding and right. these these little things that people recommend can literally like ruin your supply right and ru- ruin your ability to breastfeed right um and have a healthy supply so it's just it's good to have somebody that can give you really good information and support you during the transition um into motherhood and to becoming a family of two or three or four or five or however many it's always good to have that extra support with Harper I think I didn't have that support because we were really broke Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um and I didn't have much family support when she was born and I think that really contributed to my my um postpartum depression with with Dakota I was able to hire help after right and man it made a world of difference especially when I ended up having that pulmonary embolism and I had to go back into the hospital and I couldn't bring the baby with me so I'm like pumping 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 in the hospital and um thank god my husband knew how to handle breast milk hi (laughs) knew how to handle breast milk knew how to feed a baby and like was prepared for that but my god like we and we as women we just we deserve support i agree doulas it's statistically proven that we reduce the rate of intervention we reduce the rate of of unnecessary c-sections and of c-sections in general and um, we increase the chances of successfully breastfeeding for a year or longer, mm-hmm. um, having um, postpartum support. We know all the benefits to that. These things would greatly reduce the cost of um, medical expenses for insurance companies. We should be covered by insurance. Oh, I mean, it's just something that... We've we yeah. both recently gone through insurance uh, nightmares, yeah. and, like, I'm still, I'm still dealing with it. Like, doctors that they've sent me to, that, like, you know, now they're trying to charge me for bills. Like, I never should have been charged for because I never should have seen that doctor in the first place. But they referred me to them, but then they realized they messed up. I mean, like, it's just, like, a nightmare. And all these bills are, like, you know, coming to the house, and you're like, huh, I can't afford that. Like, like, what is this? And then it's like, you go to a midwife again, and it's like, I went to this amazing midwife, and she said to me, she's like, first off, that's not really what it costs. Like, this is the cost when you really break it down, like, 
wholesale like for and who what knows the patient how to should read be. These yeah. Right, exactly. And it's and like it's they amazing. educate you so much. I think my midwife was like fifty five hundred dollars and even though I had a C section, it was like the best fifty five hundred dollars that I ever spent because the care that I received yeah. by her was That's just like bar none and mm-hmm. she was so amazing. Um to have that care throughout my pregnancy and yeah, so I, I don't know. But, okay, I'm sorry. You had a question. You're, you oh, no, you're fine. I was just saying, like, I, you know, I, pre- I appreciate all that information. But it's like I, since I'm still, you know, I'm still, I, I'm seeing a doctor I like right now, but I'm still talking with my midwife I was talking with before, and I'm still really heavily, you know, thinking about having a doula. Like, what would you say, you know, not necessarily the right steps, but, like, what are the steps, you know, as someone who just got out of the first trimester, mm-hmm. you know, has gotten, like, basically all the tests back, then caught everything's, you know, okay, and everything is moving forward in my pregnancy, like, what should I potentially be, you know, like, looking for, or how can I kind of better prepare myself, you know, like, being These a first-time mom, you know what I mean? I think that there's a few things. Um, there, first, I would say um, an amazing childbirth education class. You're not going to get great childbirth education at the hospital. Right. You're not. You're right. going to get hospital protocols and procedures. For instance, they're going to tell you, you're going to come in and you're going to check in and we're going to strap you to these monitors. We're going to listen to the baby for an indefinite amount of time. You're going to come in. You're going to get an IV of fluids right, right away. Well, you don't have to do any of those things. Mm-hmm. And actually, a lot of those things are counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Laying flat on your back and being monitored for, like, endless hours is That's not helping you labor. Um, having an IV of fluids can slow your labor and affect your breastfeeding. Um, so th- there's options that you have that you're just not going to hear from the hospital. Right. Like, when you go to... in. Um, a, you know, BD birth is amazing. I, mm-hmm. That's where I trained to become a doula. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to call. I hear yeah, they the have great, great classes there. And um, they're not necessarily like natural birth. Right. Um, they are, they give you all of your options. So mm-hmm. like you can have a HEPLOC, which is where they just put place an IV in case there's an emergency or you right. need fluids or you need Pitocin at the end because you're having hemorrhage issues right. or whatever. And you know, or eventually you want the epidural. Right. Then you can place that. You have to have. Right. What women don't realize is that when you get the epidural, it's not. Oh, let's just get the epidural right now. You have to have an entire bag of IV fluids before they even allow you to have, which takes a while. Right. To and have. wait, and they charge for it. That's yeah, they charge thing. for it, all it, of it. it. Right. It's yeah. just like. Cha-ching. And it's not just yeah. IV fluids. There's aluminum in there. I mean, there's right. like yeah, it's right. like right. yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole ordeal. So, right. um, you know. It, going over really every one of your options, so like informed consent, and mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of the benefit of having a doula. Like, we're it's not our place to speak for the birthing mother, sure. but it's our place to advocate, say right? advocate, right. slow down. So the doctor just said this is your options. Right. Let's close the door. Everybody talk about what the what they want to. Um, what the options are, and then we'll get back to you. So instead of just, a lot of times I think mothers just feel like they're bombarded with all of these Oh, yeah, you things. are. I'm already feeling bombarded. Yeah. I was talking and I'm like, you know, 15 And you don't minutes, even understand. Like, oh my God, no, I don't. I'm Googling and yeah. reading. I'm like calling my husband. I'm like, what does this mean? And he's Googling and he's like, I think I butchered that word. And I'm like, yeah. you know, we don't know. Yeah, you, know? you don't it's know. It's scary, though. It's extremely it's, scary. It's really scary. And I feel like it's like you versus especially like, because I'll tell people listening, like Allie has, and I text each other all the time. Yeah. I knew what was happening with her insurance company. Mm-hmm. I knew what was happening oh, the whole time. And I have like a lot of experience dealing with nightmare insurance companies, but I'm just like, 
this is not good for the baby. This yeah, that's like a thing. Stress and the everything. It's and a yeah. nightmare. So it's like, so you, so you finally get through that chapter, and then it's like you said, like you enter into this whole new chapter of like information and like what do I do? What yeah. is the right thing? And like you know, who do I go see? And and what should I be looking at versus not looking at? And yeah. So it's like it's really helpful. And I think for that you people that. think that they need to hire doulas when they're like. 30 weeks pregnant like right. no you can hire you do and I suggest that everybody meets with at least two or three because honestly it doesn't matter how many births a doula has attended I I'd like to say and I know that the mother that I, that very first birth that I attended before I was even um <laughs> you love hand the dogs <laughs> yeah I'm watching my dogs like literally dogs play. Like boxing. they're boxing they're playing they're in love they just constantly so play. cute <laughs> but um you know I so I'm I think that okay so what was I saying You're oh saying yeah women go see two or three doulas see two or three doulas because it's not necessarily like the doula that's attended 500 births and I've I've backed up for doulas right or like tag teamed with doulas that have tons of experience especially when so there's a doula, doula. yeah yeah okay and like I looked at them and I'm like I could never you would right. never be my doula like right. you are just like too much right <laughs> and like didn't viable well at all and then I've you know, and then me, like, this first-time experience that I had with this mom before I even went through my doula training, right. we vibed perfectly and had, like, a magical birth experience mm, together, you okay. know? And, like, I don't want to say that that's because of me, but um, it's so important that you really vibe well with the person that's going to be supporting you in, like, the most intimate moment of your entire life, basically, right. Right. and on this huge chapter. And so it doesn't matter if that person's had five births mm-hmm. or 500 births. It's it's about who you vibe well with right, and that connection. Okay, yeah, it's so, so I should important. definitely because I've, I've spoken to one, so I should definitely like speak to a few people, like see. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's really important, and you know, starting with someone who, um, starting someone earlier in your pregnancy, the benefit is you get to do that whole birth plan together, and they get right. to answer all of your questions and. Right. They're, they're really able to support you through whatever twists and turns that pregnancy may, you know, right. whatever may happen. Um, and, you know, say that your baby was still breech at um, 29 weeks or 30 right. weeks. Right. You know, a midwife or, or a doctor, not a midwife, a doctor may say, uh, well, we'll do an ECV which is where they normally turn the baby closer to like 36 weeks or whatever. And there's so many risks to that where a doula could be like, well, start spinning babies now and we'll, we'll see what happens, which are all these different, you know, right. techniques right. to get the baby head down or see a chiropractor or do, you know, all of these different, um, these animals are running around <laughs> like, like they have no patience have for no us patience anymore. For they're like, you guys are so like, this is like being in a kennel. <laughs> It's kind of hilarious. Though, I know. Like, I know. They're just like literally. There's they probably want to go. They are. They love each other so much. They just oh my really God. like Rue, are like playing and like circling. Um, but no, that's a really good point. And see, that's where again, like I go back and forth in my head, and I was telling my husband, like I'm very torn. I'm like, do I want to stick with a doctor or do I want to go, you know, with a midwife? Because I know all these benefits that you talked about. Where mm-hmm. you know, when I was dealing with insurance issues, and I sat with a midwife, she gave me you know, an hour of her time. Yeah. And the doctor I'd seen before when I couldn't stand, he gave me eight minutes in every appointment. Yeah. You know, yeah. literally it was like, you know, talk. I, I had more questions and she was already yeah. pushing me out. I was like, well, you can talk to my, room. yeah, you know, you can go talk mm-hmm. to my nurse about those questions. I'm like, 
But I want to ask the nurse. I want to ask mm-hmm. you because you're my person. Yeah. And so I love that Margot Kennedy, who is the midwife that I would see, like sat with me and was like, do you have more questions? And I was like, oh, actually I do. And she's like, great. Let's discuss them. And like, we just sat there on the couch before she even checked the baby and like did the ultrasound and did the heartbeat, like, and asked my husband. And like, even he said, he's like, wow, I feel like coming out of there, like you had such peace of mind. It was so nice to see you like finally not stressed. And like, you actually have some information of like what to do and like going forward. And, And now I do like... My new doctor, who works with midwives and doulas yeah. all the time. So no, it is wait, is this the one yeah, that I pick yeah, randomly? Yeah. I, li- I literally just pick, like, go for the Jew. And yeah. it's, like, the Jewish name. Yeah, well, I know that I had a list of, like, different people who yeah. were, like, well, they weren't chosen, just, like, a random list. It was, like, a yeah. list that was given to me, like, by doctors. Yeah. In the least of, like, ghetto area. Yeah, of, like, who I should pick. Oh, my God. And I was, yeah. like, I was torn between people, and I was trying to get recommendations. And I was, like, Amanda, what are you thinking? And she's, like, well, I would go with the most Jew names. And then, and then I picked her, and then I got more recommendations, and it turned out she was great. But yeah. I, what I found out was that she was, you know, working with midwives and doulas, and I was like, oh, that's something that makes me feel good because, yeah. like, I think that's great because, like you said, there's so many doctors who don't really, like, Absolutely. my old doctor was like, uh-uh, that, that's yeah. not a good, you know, way to go, and it's yeah. not safe. And so it's nice to hear that someone was open to it. I'll also say this. Um not or I don't like to say natural because like birth is natural period but like unmedicated childbirth is not for everybody right it's just not um it and that's okay like I think that women all women are probably capable of it Mm -hmm. um but I think that there's there's definitely a difference between pain and Mm -hmm. suffering right and no birthing woman should ever be suffering at all and I and I felt yeah and I felt like you know um you know, it would be, it, and but that's again a problem with our system because there's options like in the UK they use like nitrous oxide all the time at, at deliveries. Wait, is yeah. that wait, that's what, like, like, like over your face, right? It helps yeah, like, gas. Like, a laughing it's just gas like a laughing gas. It just yeah, cal- calms you down or whatever. Yeah, because she said to me, she's like, your personality, you might want to yeah. think about having. But that first, as an test yourself for this. Okay, we'll talk another time. If you have this, I have this genetic um, predisposition okay. called, or mutation called MTFH. MTFHR. And if you have that, it's super dangerous to have yeah. nitri- okay, nitrous oxide. And okay. it's somewhere around like 30% of the population does have it. So oh, wow. it's good to know okay. before you, know you, you do nitrous. Yeah. But it should still be an option to birthing women. You know, I I did hypnobirthing with Harper. Uh-huh. And um, I thought that it was really helpful, especially in the early phases of labor. I right. felt like I could have used, a, definitely used a doula. You know, as doulas, like, we're not miracle workers, right. but we definitely make things more comfortable. Right. For oh, sure. no, no, no. I mean, I, um, mean, I think comfort is key. I mean, yeah. you know, you're I guess that you're not. Mess. Yeah, like, I mean, definitely. Yeah, yeah I urge no, my husband, I'm like, whether I go midwife or not, I'm definitely yeah. hiring a doula, like, 100%. Yeah. Because just the fact that, like, they can coach you and they can advocate for you and they can help you and make you feel comfortable. Well, not advocate for you, but help you advocate for yourself. Right. So, like, if something right. came up, like, that's the whole thing is, like, empowerment. Like, as me as a doula, there's a few things that I think people, fathers get get one thing that I've talked about with a lot of dads is, well, like, but I want to be involved. Right. Which is amazing because right. just... 30 years ago, dads were like, I'll just wait in the waiting room right. until you're done. Like, right. and right. now dads want to be involved, right. which is, which is incredible. And so they go, but like, what, what is my role going to be if you're here? And I always say this, you know, as a doula, I all, I don't want 
mom, whoever mom is, right. to go, oh, Lexus was so amazing at my birth. She did X, Y, and Z. I want them to go, oh, my husband was so amazing at my birth. So I actually help dad. So say say mom's having back labor and is having, a, a you know, it's t- near the, nearing the end and contractions are kind of rolling a little bit faster now. Right. I don't want dad at the back giving pressure on mom's back. I want dad at mom's face counting with mom, counting down the contraction, telling her to breathe. And I want doula on the back doing the double hip squeeze, you know, and comforting mom on all hands. And, you know, there is a time where dads are resting or mom is, you know, moms get quite primal Mm -hmm. and don't want dads around sometimes Mm -hmm. too and are like, get the fuck away from me um and at that time you know at that time that's when I step in you know and and there is a time and a place where like I do take more charge and there's times where like dads just kind of freak out right and like there's also times where like I feel like I'm dueling the dads Mm -hmm. more than I'm dueling the moms like moms are doing really well like they're in their routine whether it's walking pacing back and forth or what they're in their drive and dad's just kind of sitting there like this is getting right. real, right. real quick. And right. I'm like, okay, you're like, everything's fine. She, I, one of the first births that I attended, the mom was stuck at five centimeters for quite a long time. She was kind I want, I don't want to say suffering, but she was in quite a bit of discomfort at that time. She was really coping quite well. And, um, the doctors kept coming in and asking like, do you want us to break the bag of water? Like, I think things can progress really quickly. And, Dad was adamantly against it, and I could tell Mom kind of was like, yeah, like, I want to do that. There are risks involved. So I went over the risks. I said, you know, there are risks involved, and I went over the, you know, couple of risks that can happen if you, for a premature rupture of of waters. And, um, and, you know, so Dad was kind of against it, and he kept speaking out against it, and, and I just said to him, listen, this is both of your guys' birth, but she's the one that is delivering this baby, and if she wants, you know, but I'm going right. to support you guys through it. Right. And, and guess what's going to happen? If all things go well, which they really probably are, right. things are going to pick up, and you're going to have your baby in a couple hours. Right. Rather than, like, tomorrow. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mom is, like, really kind of for this, and right. I can tell that, like, you're hesitant, but, you know, it's going to be okay, and I'm here to support you guys, and... Um, That's so good because sometimes so, I think you need like need another an intermediate yeah, exactly you need another, another voice another, another voice yeah, to another like, space yeah. who's like logical yeah. who's not involved in any exactly. of the yeah. it's like a bias like, but a bias party it's like of course you're involved because yeah. you know what's going on and you're so heavily yeah. involved with the mom but you're still also like you're not family you're not giving birth like yeah. you're not feeling the direct hit so it's like let me try to give you some sound advice and that's yeah. what I love and, about and it and just to comfort like everybody you know right. dads can experience birth trauma too and mm-hmm. I and I've seen that especially when it comes down to like emergency cesareans where dads just kind of go whoa right right, right. what is happening and they can really experience trauma themselves mm-hmm. so you know having someone to support all of you mm-hmm. is really important and I I just think that it's something that every every woman really deserves and um you know right now I primarily take um non-profit births so um I don't take as many as I used to because I, I two kids but it's not even that but it's just like birth takes a lot out of you so right. I try to dedicate like at least 
five or six births a year mm-hmm. um, just for women who, like, really can't afford mm-hmm. my services or can That's only really pay, nice. like, a really small amount to cover my my babysitting or whatever, um, which is... You know, and again, that's nice just, that you're, you know, I'm sure you're not the only one because I was wondering too. Is my husband was like, you know, we're not poor, but we're not, you know, rolling in it. And I'm well, some doulas are like three thousand dollars, right? right. <laughs> three, right. You're like three thousand dollars, you're as much as a midwife, right? Exactly, yeah. And no, it's, it's like my husband expensive. says, it's like, you know, he has a full time job that you know handles our bills and our mortgage, but it's like I'm you know, a freelance, you know, wardrobe stylist and fashion expert. And like, though I have good jobs, they're not every day, and I don't yeah. have a you know, constant paycheck, and so. He said that to me too. He's like, I want you to be comfortable and I want you to have what you want, but we also have to be realistic. Babies are expensive. Because, oh, and, but we know the yeah. baby's expensive, but then to add to the dual yeah. and add this, and, then that, and that's mm-hmm. why he was saying, he's like, but it's good to know, like you're saying, that there are some people like who will work with you and be like, you know, I'll Yeah, or at reduced cost or a sliding right. scale or whatever it may be. There right. absolutely are. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm fortunate that I'm in a position where I'm able to serve women that way right. a lot. A lot. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, most doulas, I'd like to think 98% of us don't get into the doula business because we're going to make a ton of money because yeah. we don't. Right. Um, you know, even if they are charging $1,000 a birth, right. um, you have some births that maybe are eight hours and some births that are 32, sure. and you're paying for child care that entire 32 hours yeah. that you're away. Right. So... Yeah. That's really, it's challenging. It's challenging work. But it's incredible that you do get to serve women that way. And I think that especially being pregnant for the first time and, like, going through this and just all the stress and craziness that I've even dealt with up to here, it's, like, so nice to know that there are people that, you know, do, like, do that and work with women and help them and guide them. Because, like Amanda said, it is scary. Like, I said yeah. the other day to my husband, I'm like, I'm so excited, but I'm terrified. Like, it's getting yeah. so much more real now that, like, you know, I got past, like, all my tests, thank God, and, like, everything's looking good, and we're getting ready to do the gender reveal, and it's, like, these are all exciting things, but it's, like, becoming more and more real. It's, like, yeah. someone's going to be like, oh, well, how far along are you? And I'm, like, oh, wow, four months. You know, it's, like, yeah. it's crazy, like, and your brain starts to really go to, like, before I know it, he or she will be here. Yeah. You know? And Baby so it's, Yeah, you know? So it's, like, it's just, it, it's so exciting, but it's just so terrifying yeah. at the same time. And I know myself, and I know we were talking about this you know, off um, air when we were, when you first got here, but you were saying like how sometimes you can be traumatic with pain as well and things like that. Yeah. I'm horrendous. Yeah. And so I'm already scared. And like, so me, I want to be good to my baby and try to do things non-drugs, but I'm not going to lie. Like if I'm in so much pain, I'm going to be like shove that epidural in me because I'm going to have no choice. Well, and that's the thing that's great about a doula is like there, there's a difference between pain and suffering. Right. And usually we can get you pretty close, if not all the way. Um, but if a mom is suffering, I'm always like, okay, let's talk about options here. If right. you're three centimeters, I'm probably going to recommend against an epidural. Right. If you're six and a half, seven, and your waters are bulging, I'm going to say an epidural is not a bad option at this right. point if you're really, you know, and our job as doulas don't stop then, you know. Our, mm-hmm. Actually, we do more work because right. it's harder to get a baby in a good position, Um you know, and for things not to go backwards or slow down once you have an epidural. Right. So, right. you know, we still, we're turning mom all the time. We're keeping the lights down. We're keeping right. the nurses out. Um, you yeah, know, they yeah. have their place, but, like, a right. lot of them like to come in and be like, vaginal check, vaginal right. check, vaginal. Oh, it's right. like, you the don't need to be checking, checking my vagina like this, 
much. Right. Um, you know, we can support dad. Why don't you go to the car and get some rest? I'll text you when things start progressing. Um, you know, there's still things that we're doing. Or we are resting because we've been in yeah, labor with you for several hours yeah. ourselves. And right. we're um, exhausted. <laughs> exhausted. Right. But, um, you know, and that's the other nice thing about having a doula is just talking about all those options. So, yeah. you know, there's a time where it's like, well, what about IV drugs? You right. know, what what about trying something like that or after we've switched positions and gotten in and out of the shower and done everything that we can you know it's like sometimes that's necessary right and again like I said not every woman dreams of like pushing a baby out with no meds Right. Some women do, some women don't. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I'm interested in this interesting. I'm, I'm so, I'm so, yeah, really interesting. I'm so in between to what you're saying because it's like I was like on the phone with my mom, you know, the other day, yeah. who, of course, like back in the day, doctors didn't do shit. So yeah. it was like, you know, I was a month late because my doctor yeah. just saw my A month late? Which is actually stomach. okay. Oh, really? Um, I, was, I was supposed to be born June 18th and they checked, like, I was 100% that was my duty. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I was born July 12th. I'll tell you um, why Yeah, it's okay. So full term is anywhere from like 38 to 42 weeks. Okay. okay. So that's like most women give birth by 42 weeks. Most doctors induce at 40 weeks in a couple days. They're like pushing like, okay, time to get the baby out. And that's right. part of the reason why we have such high C-section rates because we're inducing babies that are not, um, not ready. But... Right. Right. Um, you know, I know a lot of mothers, especially home birth mothers, that go for 40, 43. Really? 43 weeks. I'm horrified just thinking about this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was a month late. And my mom, I was her first baby. My mom ended up finding out that she does not go into labor. She yeah. does have to be induced no matter yeah. what. Same with my brother. So that just it was just her for all mm-hmm. three of her pregnancies. Mm-hmm. But she didn't know because I was the first. But yeah. she was telling me, like, on the phone when we were talking, and she was like, Whatever you want to do, because, like, back in the day, you know, doctors, they shot you up with Pitocin, mm-hmm. and because, you know, you were late, and I had to get induced, and do this, and do that, and she goes, but nowadays, it's like, there's so many tests. She's like, I laugh at your sonograms you send me, because you have more sonograms than I ever had of any of you, yeah. you know? She's and like, you're, and you're only, like, like you exactly, know. you know? Yeah. And so it's like, she's like, so it's changed so much, and there are other things, and like you said, there are other ways, and like, the nitrogen, and all these things that, like, you, you know, didn't have back then. Yeah, and there's other options for induction now, and, um, well, also, I'll send you the link about dates. Like, if you start eating, I think it's six dates a day, starting at 36 weeks, in the study, the majority of mothers went into labor by 40 weeks and three days, oh, wow. I think it was. Even so dates. I know, visual dates, six a day, huh. start, which is a lot of dates, but you can make them in recipes and right, stuff. Right, like, you don't have to just, you, know, just yeah. you can just, like, make the date right, balls like with, like, dates. nuts and peanut butter right. and chocolate chips or whatever it is. You eat six a day, and it greatly reduces your risk of going to overturn. But, hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. I feel like I'll be picking your brain a while. Okay. Here's your bell via email. <laughs> yeah, it's really, um, it's really, yeah. So there's many things that you could do, you know, and there's different induction options now. You know, back right. then they did just start you on pitocin or break your back of water. Now you can have like a Foley bulb and see how things start. Right. And you don't have to like commit to pitocin, you know, and just kind right. of see what happens. Right. 
Yeah. So but, you know, I had completely different births than my mother did, uh-huh. so you probably could have, like, a completely different experience. And that's what I was saying to her, too. Like, just because she was induced doesn't yeah. mean shit for me. No, like, not necessarily. Like, right. So, yeah. it's just, again, it's, like, all these things. The thing about it, I know I was talking to my mom about, of course, thinking about, you know, giving birth in a tub, and she was like, oh, my God, like, the normal way is to, you know, be, like, you know, on the laying bed, laying. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, that was back in the day. Now, like you were saying, like, yeah. there's more home births and there's birthing centers and there's mm-hmm. tubs and like that's the thing too like in the next few weeks I'm going to start touring different places because mm-hmm. I was telling my husband like I do want to kind of have the option and think about like do I want to go that route like I don't know and I really don't know like deep enough in myself to say do I want to lay down or do I want to get in the tub I'm clueless oh you know and there, there's a thing you know all these moms that I talk to they're like well I have my birth plan right and I really like the word birth birth preferences okay more than plan because if you get so stuck in your head that this is your plan that you're gonna birth in a squatted position <laughs> in the middle of the forest with you know what I mean whatever whatever your birth plan is like right. things can go drastically like the opposite direction right. really fast so that's why I like birth preferences because the reality is you're probably not gonna get everything on your birth preferences list sure. and the the other part to that is how do you feel. When you're in labor, you're a completely different person. Oh, so sure. what I thought that I was going to like in labor, mm-hmm. I hated it in labor. And I wanted, like, the complete opposite. Wow. Of when I thought that I'd be this woman that just, like, lays in bed and, like, meditates. And, right. you know, instead, I just wanted, yeah, the <laughs> baby just, like, slips right out. Um, wow. Instead, like, I really like pacing. Like, I would just pace up and down the street, like, all the way down one way, all the way down the next way, oh, all wow. the way down. That's what I like. That right. was like my rhythm. That's, so like, right. that's what I, was I didn't know what I was gonna yeah. be into, you right. know. And when I was pushing for Harper before we transferred for the C-section, I wanted to be on my hands and knees. I wanted to be on my back. I wanted to be on my side with my leg in the air. Like I, <laughs> I tried like every different, you know. And it's very, it's so primal. It's so intuitive. Um, like I like to think that like. You know, I'm not very religious, but, like, God or the universe or whatever yeah. just kind of, like, downloads, like, all of this information, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. from millions of generations of birthing women that, like, if you're really kind of, like, in tune with yourself, you're going to know what you need right. for your but did you feel like that, delivery. But as you said, like, you kind of changed your mind. So did you feel like that, like, once you were in the moment and then you knew what you needed? Or, like, did you feel like as you were progressing being pregnant, you started to click and it was like, oh, I want this, oh, I want that? Um, I think that, yeah, that my birth with Harper, I had a birth plan. And I mm-hmm. think that that is what led to a lot of my disappointment, um, was that I had this really like kind of strict adamant, um, idea of how I was going to bring my child into this world. And it ended up being completely the opposite experience mm-hmm. for me. And I think that that was really challenging for me to, like, I didn't adapt well. Like I, I wasn't right handling the situation and like transfer well at all easy i mean like i can't imagine like giving birth is like oh like there was traffic things didn't go yeah like we got to the party late because you know the 405 which right like things things like that you know yeah i can't imagine it's like easy for anyone it's definitely not but i think the more fluid that you can be like these are just these are my wishes and we're gonna do everything we can to get you as close to that as possible right you know, and then, like, what are your top three? Like, and what are your absolute no's? This is, like, dating. You yeah, know? Literally. Exactly. Right. You know? Right, well, she's saying, see two or three duels. It's like, oh, yeah. date all over again. Yeah. Figure out who I vibe with. Exactly. You know, the match.com. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 
there should be like a tender for Dula. Like, <laughs> you know. For real. Yeah. It's like, who do you so, vibe with? Who is Some like, people yeah. like the more like motherly. Some people sure. like the more grandmotherly. Right. Some people want the more young person that they feel like is going to have a ton of energy. Right. Some people have, you know, everybody. Some people want, uh, there's some doulas that are like completely like anti-establishment, anti medication they're right. very you know or like i'm really more fluid like let's talk about options and right. let's you know because really this is like your birth right and so if you're you know i like to think that i i'd be a pretty good fit for most mothers but mm-hmm. some mothers want that like really extreme like sure. i'm gonna birth in the woods squatting oh. unassisted like <laughs> You know, if you're going to birth in the woods squatting unassisted, I'm not your doula. Right. Totally. <laughs> you know? Totally. Uh, like, probably, probably not. Right. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like, yeah. You know, no, you know, I can't, I can't, for me, I can't really get behind, like, I would never attend an unassisted birth that's becoming more of a popular thing. And it's sad because yeah, that's that. a result of women not having enough a- access to options. Right. You know, that they're like, I'm going to have my baby on my own. Like, right. I don't want to have another C-section. A lot oh of moms, they can't find a provider within 200 miles mm-hmm. of their house that what? will do a, a vaginal birth after C-section it. and not even give them an option to try. And so those mothers are like, well, I'm just going to I will not go through the trauma of having a C-section again. Yeah. So I'm just going to have my baby at home by myself. Yeah. And, um, and that's really sad. It's just. Yeah. Well, that's where I feel like, again, doulas and also midwives are a godsend because it's like, I was yeah. saying this to Amanda, like on the phone, like when I was going through all my insurance stuff, like not to rehash, but it's like, I had nowhere to go that they, they wanted to send me this other horrible doctor who I refused mm-hmm. to go see. And I was like. Epic. I'm going to go see the midwife that I was recommended to go see, even though I'm not really sure what I'm dealing with, and go talk to them. And she was, yeah. like, a godsend because she was, like, it's okay. Like, what, you know, this is what you need to be following, and this is what you have to pay attention to. And, like, she just gave me so much reassurance and hope that I was, like, oh, shit, okay. I feel good again about, like, having a baby and, like, being pregnant yeah. because I was going through so much. And I said to Amanda, I'm, like, you know, I have, you know, a decent amount of money that it was like, I could go see the midwife. But I said to Amanda, I feel terrible it's for these women who don't have any, any resources, options. any options. Yeah. And I'm watching what they're putting me through. And I'm like, you know, and you're a normal average white woman. And I'm like, that's, it is mm-hmm. a joke. And it's like, that's insane to me because all these other women are suffering through so much more. And yeah. I feel horrible for them. So and especially saying. women of color. You oh, know, yeah. Not absolutely. to get like... no. Totally. Real intense, but women of color yeah. die in this country far more oh, than yeah. than white women Absolutely. do, and it's because of a lack of access of good of good quality care. Yeah, and, um, and they don't have the resources. Yeah, it's just it's terrible. So, um, yeah, I mean, having options is really important, and um, you know, you don't have to make these decisions now I mean you could choose that makes me feel way better to hear yeah you could choose at like 32 weeks like I want a midwife right you know right um but yeah look into those things and I think that there even is a um birthing center in Los Angeles that offers the nitrous oxide oh really yeah I would research that that. but you said you check just to be safe that you You don't have the the MTHR yeah okay okay and then if you don't um which I would check now because you're supposed to actually be on special prenatals if you MTBHR. have that. MTBHR. MTSHR. MTSHR. That, that's not something that comes through like when I've done all my other tests for everything no, else for the baby. You okay. wouldn't be tested for okay. that. Not yeah, the, the average person that came through for me for. was um, that I have I carry the um, something to do with blood clotting. 
So well, it might be the MTFHR then. Oh, really? I'll have to, I'll let you know what it was on my Okay, test. you have to let me know what it is. Okay. Because that, yes, if you have the certain variation, you're at higher risk of of, of clotting and okay. disorders and all that type of stuff. So, okay. I, w- I mean, it's good to be tested for anyways, and you can just ask your doctor to do okay. it. Okay. Um, or even that midwife that your friends right. with, she could write you. You can just go to Quest, do the test, and um, yeah, it's just good to know anyways. Right. So... I actually have a question for you, and I mm-hmm. feel like maybe you can answer this, maybe maybe you can, mm-hmm. which is which sort of like, and I've spoken to Allie about it, and I've spoken to my husband, and like part of the reason why I'm not pregnant right now, well, there are a few things, which is that like I am on meds, and I am like very much struggling about what I should do, and like my doctor told me to get, I was on Adderall when I was eight, and I got mm-hmm. off of it six, seven years. I'm so bad with the dates. (laughs) I'm going to say 2010, but I could, could be 2011. Yeah. Anyway, now I've been taking new vigil for five years, something like that, which is probably not, which is better for you, but not like great. Yeah. And my withdrawal from Adderall was such a fucking nightmare. Mm -hmm. And it was four months of literally like torture. Yeah. And Part of the reason I'm, like, why I've, like, delayed pregnancy or, like, I kind of joke around about it, but I know, like, I've got to get on it at some point in the next Mm -hmm. year or so is, like, getting off of this. And I feel like I can't be the only person in a shitty situation from this. No, it's definitely hard, especially, like, um, it's not just getting off the medication, but it's then, like, learning to deal with the disorder right so like practicing more mindfulness and like really retraining your whole brain like how are you going to function when you're pregnant and breastfeeding off of this medication you know so there are some medications that are safe and some that aren't um if your doctor says that that's you know the goal Mm -hmm. is to have a medication free pregnancy if you're dealing with seriously like prenatal depression you should get on Zoloft, like, right. without a doubt. Right. Um, I don't know about the ADHD meds. I'm assuming that they're probably not um, recommended. They're not. I know for sure that all of the benzos are not recommended. Right. I mean, we make so many sacrifices as women for our children. We do. It's, like, really hard. It's just, like, do yeah, I do it's it challenging. before? Do I do it when I find out? No, I would definitely like... do it before. I mean, like, you oh, just, you, you don't want to have any, yeah, I know. You don't want to have any risks, you know. Um, I would also recommend going and seeing, like, a Chinese doc- Chinese medicine doctor or a homeopathic oh, doctor or an herbalist to see if there's something that you could take to, one, increase, like, your fertility so you get pregnant faster so you're not, like, off this meds for, like, such a long time. Mm-hmm. And two, um, so maybe there's something that they can give you that will, like, help to deal with treatment. I don't know. It's just so It's hard. Stressful. It's yeah. really yeah. hard. And just, I remember what I went through the first time, and I'm like, I just don't want to go through it again, like, pregnant. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally understand, and it's hard, and, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's challenging, but you have to kind of just decide what you're going to do. I definitely wouldn't wait until, because, like, withdrawing off a of med when you're, like, your baby's so vulnerable in that first 12 weeks, you know, you wouldn't, like, want to risk anything happening because of withdrawal side effects or whatever. No, that's, like, a really good point. Yeah. It's just, like, terrifying. I'm just, like, like, I feel so, it's really weird because, like, when I decided to go 
on New Vigil. I was, like, off of everything with the exception of, like, what you drew for, like, a mm-hmm. year, year and a half. And I was, like, I'm, like, oh, fuck. But if I want to get pregnant, then I'm, like, oh, I'll deal with it later. Yeah. And now right. I'm, like, fuck, it's later. It's and later. I feel yeah. disgusted with myself again. Oh, no. No, no. I do. I'm really, like. I, I told her not to. No, and I've and I've said this to you, and I've said this to my mm-hmm. husband. I feel so fucking cheated by the doctor that prescribed it to me when I was a kid. Yeah, like yeah. I it makes me, and that's sort of like why. I thought, do can I eat this real quick? I'm so hungry. Oh my god! Um, I mean, I've always been eating the whole time, girl. You eat whatever you want. Um, oh, and I'm like literally crumbling my salt I'm like, and my bagel. Like, pass out from <laughs> not eating right now. Oh but god. um, you know, I definitely would. Do, Think that you want to get off before just because you wouldn't want to like ever risk something happening yeah. while yeah agreed and, and that first three months yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's just like ah I just feel so like I feel like I'm literally in the same situation that mm-hmm. I was in but it's almost like it's better because like my life is be- is so much better mm-hmm. than it was because right. like, things were just a nightmare but um I feel like it's worse in some sense because I have way more responsibilities and I'm like. Right. I know. I think that if you started working on like mindfulness and cog- maybe even some like, cognitive behavioral therapy, both those things, because I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was really little too, and I don't take any meds. Um, I think that both of those things would really help. Just to, like manage your symptoms while you're nursing or right, you know, yeah, or whatnot. It's just—it's like things that she's telling you to do with your mind, no, I your know. body, versus like, hey, here's medicine. That's like my biggest well, that's, thing. It's like, it's just crazy, and it's like you're a perfect example. It's like you, and you were young, so you didn't really have a choice. This, yeah. Oh no, and this doctor, like, I've googled him. Like, this person is a factory, and my mom even said, and my yeah. parents feel so bad. Mm-hmm. But it well, was like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Can't they, like change time. You can't, and it's just like, but I feel like I would just love to be in a situation where I can just get pregnant, yeah. and I feel robbed of the fact, and I feel angry that I just can't. can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just like, and I feel like I can't be the only person no, in this no, situation, not. and I just feel so, so gross, because like, I've never had, like... I've, like, done a lot of, like, I've done, you know, I've done, like, a lot of things. I've fucked with, like, every single pill that's out there. Mm-hmm. And, I've ne- and I've always been able to, like, I love, like, opiates. I have, like, a ridiculous tolerance, okay? Mm-hmm. This is the one thing I cannot fucking give up. Yeah. And it's just, like, what? Like. Yeah. 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 It's, well, it's so That's why tough. I think that therapy, like, seeing a really good therapist, mm-hmm. working on the mindfulness, like being really gentle with yourself and slowly weaning off these medications, you know, I think that'll lessen the blow. But I definitely think you should get off of it before you get pregnant. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm gonna be a nightmare in like six months from now. <laughs> that's all right. I've been a nightmare for the last like four months. No, so. no, but but I'm I'm gonna be the worst, and it's like the last hurrah. And I was saying that to like my husband last night. <laughs> I'm like, this is like the last six months I'll be able to like enjoy my life for a really long time. I mean, it's but, like it's like Alexa said, we make many sacrifices being. You know, pregnant and being a mother. I mean, it's like I, I know it's so tedious, but it's and it's like so dumb. But like in the mirror today, like like I noticed, like I have like movement in like in the middle of my forehead, which never there, it was there because I always do Botox, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I have to no wait Botox. to get that no might Botox. be even harder. Like, 
Until oh, wait, you're totally done nursing. Yep, Turner. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know, because my, my, uh, I know. The second shares. I was done nursing, I'm like, where is yep. my injection Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. And like, I was joking. Like, we have the same um, Botox doctor. Yeah. And I was joking with him the other night when we were texting and I was telling him, I was like, I'm literally going to have you like meet me at the hospital and inject me. And he goes, I would love to, but unless you plan on, you know, not, not breastfeeding. breastfeeding you like, can't. I, I, I thought it was really good of him to tell me that. Yeah. But no. no. And I was or like, nursing. shit. Or it's <laughs> Yeah. You know, so it's like, like you said, like fillers. the sacrifice goes on, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah. wait, fillers, you can't get, no, you can't do fillers, nothing. Botox, nothing. I mean, yeah. Kim K will tell you differently, but she's no role model. Yeah, so. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to trust every doctor that I've gone to. Yeah, like, completely. No, even mine, yeah. listen, I mean, I did fillers before I even knew I was pregnant, like, like, no. like I was in the first, not even like two weeks. I yeah. didn't even really yeah, know. Probably and, fine. And I, yeah, and the, and the doctors all said I was fine. But it was just like, even the fact that I did that, I didn't know. I was totally freaked mm-hmm. out. Yeah, mortified. Like, You're like, mortified. did I hurt oh, my yeah. baby? I'm like, did I hurt my baby? What, what happened? Well, yeah. I was like crying to our doctor, Dr. Sal. And he's like, it's okay. Like, you didn't know. Because I called him after I found I was pregnant, like at six weeks. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe we did it. And he's like, it's okay. Like, it was so early. Like, your baby had barely even, like, transformed. Like, you're all right. But like, the sperm like, and the other uh, <laughs> yeah. We're still, right. like, swimming. Exactly. Like, trying to figure it out. But it's, like, so true. You can't. Like, you can't do fillers. You can't do Botox. You nope. can't do anything. And, like, I'm dealing with an issue. Like, I don't care. I openly talk about it. So, I, I had to have a tummy tuck because... I had a hernia in my umbilical, I had an umbilical hernia and I had such bad mus- muscle separation mm-hmm. after my um, delivery of my second daughter that you could literally stick a hand in between my oh, abdominal wall and like feel wow. my organs. It was so bad. Wow. And then on top of it, I had this loose skin because of the way the, the first doctor closed me up that just kind of like hung like a little shelf like Aww. over my C-section scar. And so I went and had a tummy tuck and I really wanted to get my boobs done. <laughs> and I, I'm... Just, I'm fortunate that I had, I was able to have like a really good supply with my, both my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of unfortunate that I have an oversupply, but like, I just can't dry up. Like my boobs just can't dry up. And I so badly want to have a breast lift, but uh-huh. I can't until like I stopped producing milk. And I went to my OB this morning and I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. Because I can't take hormones because I had right. the pulmonary embolism. Yeah. So it's all puts you at higher risk for blood clots. And my boobs just, like, won't stop leaking. I stopped oh my nursing God. my daughter in, like, May or June. And I'm, like, still leaking. I'm oh, like, wow. what the hell, man? So <laughs> the sacrifice is, like, yep. real. Sacrifice I'm like, real. man, I just I just want my boobs, like, back to where they were before right. I had kids. Right. And I literally can't right. because I'm still lactating. It's, wow. They can't, crazy. like, do something to stop that? They can, but it involves the hormones. Uh-huh. And I can't yeah. take the hormones. Yeah. It's, yeah. like... I mean, eventually it'll dry up. Yeah, eventually it'll Well, stop. I don't know. So with Harper, I continued to lactate for two years oh after God. I stopped nursing her. Oh, my her, God, really? And I didn't stop lactating until I got pregnant with Dakota. Like, the oh horm- pregnancy God. hormones Shut it stopped off. my oh boost from lactating. Yeah, so, so I'm like, I might just be, like, fucked wow. for a while. Well, was my, my girlfriend back home, she was telling me, because she was asking me, like, how are your boobs, and how are things changing? I'm like, oh, my, my boobs are so weird looking, and this and that. And she's like, oh, just wait till you all of a sudden start leaking. She's like, I remember I was, like, at work, and I was doing something. I was talking to a client, and all of a sudden it was just like, oh, well, I'm Yeah, dribbling like, down <laughs> your shirt, yeah. yeah and she's like, You're like oh, I yeah, forgot to put it in my breast bag. Exactly. Yeah, all of those oh joys God. that yeah. come with it. Yeah. I mean, it is wonderful. It is beautiful, the bond that you have with your children and you nurse them is is really incredible mm-hmm. and the health benefits we we know it all but there is so much sacrifice oh, yeah. with 
when it comes to nursing. Oh my god, even nursing. just being this sick and being in here for two weeks, like I tell my mom, like mom, I love, I, I've always loved you. I have such a deep appreciation for, for you now. Yeah, because it's like you went through all this shit, like yeah. you know, and it like three times, you know. And she's like, I was the worst with you, and I'm like, great, you know. But it's like, it's just like you do. You're just like, wow, you know the sacrifice, but then when you actually start to go through it, mm-hmm. you're like. Holy shit! Like, yeah, it's kind of insane. Everyone is scaring me. From, like, like I have a scare I know you already. Me, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm like, what like, I think, and it's like, no, but like, you know what though? Like, this is very good preparation for it me is. because <laughs> I, I feel like I have Reality to. Check. I feel like I have to prepare to get pregnant. Like, I really do. Yeah, I think that's important too. Like, starting prenatals I early. Oh, no, I've, been been doing doing. I've been prenatals for years. Yeah. And I have like no hair. Yeah. So oh, you're, well, you want the biotin? She wants the biotin. Yeah. Oh, she I, literally buys me. Like, the funniest thing, we were at Whole Foods, and I was getting all this, like, organic. Oh, my God. Yeah. All my, like, creams. And, like, so I'm literally grabbing, like, by the bulk, like, yeah. this mask and this, this, you know, because I had to switch all my products. And she's, like, hysterical. Like, she goes, what to get, yeah, because I know about all this she knows all some care. And she's, like, um, so which of these panados do you take? And I was, like, oh, the doctor told me to take this one. And she's, like, oh, great. It's on sale. I'm going to get two bottles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I take biotin now, like, four times a day. I'm yeah. getting, like, castor oil and my hair yeah, and like the like key going to get the water that uh, Jacqueline talked about I know I know I've been back for like you know it's it. so funny I have to go to, to CVS today for something CVS has prenatal water now Wow. I'm they'll gonna get, like, they'll sell you anything. I know, right? I know. <laughs> no, I'm going to yeah, buy it. Like, that's a new thing. Like, you're not supposed to substitute without your prenatals, but supposedly, like, it doesn't hurt because of mm-hmm. my doctor to, like, add that if you want to, like, drink it because mm. it's, like, extra whatever. No, but I did read, though, that you should start taking prenatals, like, six months early yeah. because it makes you more fertile. It makes you more fertile. Well, I apparently just... fertile mortal because I didn't take shit. I didn't know. I know. Yeah. I didn't, we weren't even trying. We were just, like, it came so quick. It was, like, we were partying all summer. I kept joking to Amanda, like, oh, I know. we'll start trying, like, at the end of the fall. So, I'm like, like you after award season, yeah, more rosé, more weed. And it was, like, yeah. after award season, oh like, I'll God. be straight and good to go, and then I'll have the baby. I was like, yeah. joke's on you. Like, yeah. my husband and I, I got off the pill, long story short, like, right after our five-year anniversary hit. I think you was barely, like, I think you were off the pill for, like, one day. Yeah, it was, like, ridiculous. Like, literally, it was, like, I was off, not even three weeks later, it was, like, I was pregnant, and I had no wow. idea. And I started noticing I was, like, feeling weird, but, like, didn't click in my head that, like, Allie, you could be pregnant. And then <laughs> I was in Vegas doing a TV segment, and I was under the lights, and I remember, and I was like, oh, my God, why do I feel so sick? What is wrong with me? And I got back to the hotel, and I called my husband, and I said, something's wrong with me and I don't think I can drive home tomorrow like I think I might stay another day because I feel so woozy and he's like the hell is wrong with you like maybe go to a doctor out there or something and I'm like maybe I'm crazy and but I'm like, like I think <laughs> yeah she's like you're hungover I'm like maybe I should take a pregnancy test and he's like no there's no way like you just got off like we've, we've had barely like you know like we've had sex we've been like trying and I'm yeah. like yeah I don't know and I took it and it was like not even 10 seconds Two dark lines. Yeah. Like, and I'm knocked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Oh my god. I, yeah, I called my husband. I was like, How do you tell your husband? I told my husband on Facetime. We're like, I was like, Why do you wait till I go home the next day? I was like, yeah. Tripping. So yeah. I called him on Facetime, and I'm like, Babe, and he's like, Yeah, and I'm like, and he's like, Holy! It was like, and then we both finally calmed down, and it was like he was super excited, and I was excited, and then I got home the next day, and he had bought like three new like tests, and was like, Okay, pee on these for yeah. me. <laughs> right, do it Keep again. Testing. Do it again. <laughs> and it was like literally every single time, we were like dark line, dark line, dark line. Oh. Like, okay, we're going to the doctor. It was like, well, the boxes come with two because I keep them in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I always well, and he got like different brands. My husband because he's like Mr. Straightforward. Oh, so yeah. I was God, like, let's get so clear blue. Funny. Let's get you know whatever. Yeah. Other. Like with all these, yeah. I like, 
yeah. like all the other ones. So I was like, let's make sure every brand says the same. Ninety-nine cents for one. Right, exactly. So wow. yeah, but it was uh, yeah, it was so. I mean, I was mentally I was preparing for the last year because I've been talking like with my friends and kind of putting it out there like I'm going to go that route in the next year or two we'll see what happens it's not my husband's been wanting for the last three years so like mm-hmm. I knew I was already late to the game for him and so mm-hmm. I was trying to get myself there but it was just like oh well and the funny thing was is like we had started trying like in Joe like at end of end of July right before I found out in Vegas and like we had just started watching like our you know like whatever the ovulation calendar mm-hmm. and trying to like pay attention and it was like meanwhile I was already pregnant so yeah. it's on you yeah. like, <laughs> all this prepping right? for nothing for nothing <laughs> exactly so it's like my friend's like so did you prep and I'm like no not really I like our pill and I was like hey you're pregnant mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like even my doctor said like you may want to make sure that right after you have the baby you know you don't have sex right after because you could get pregnant oh yeah even if you're nursing yeah really? people think oh i'm nursing it's best for my uh-huh. birth control uh no you should be on the mini pill really yeah. really okay good to know yes yeah, yeah progesterone only pill yeah because one a girl i know she's a friend friends. she's in the queens and she literally like literally gave birth and yeah. she was pregnant not even i know a girl later. her kids are like 11 and a half months apart I'm wow like, Wow. Shit. <laughs> Talk about ultimate nightmare. sacrifice. No, <laughs> it's like my nightmare. <laughs> I think that's better though. Oh my god. No. no. We're both like, no, no, but then you're done. But then you're done. No. But, but it's so close. Like, it's like, I, you're not going to how apart? Three and a half years. Yeah, so almost. that's nice. Three that's years, three nice. months. I think two or three like best friends. No, they're starting to become more. Well, she's still like a baby, she's right? still a baby, baby. Yeah, right. But what was nice is that my daughter understood like mommy has to nurse, right? Or can you get mommy a diaper right. or whatever? That's it was. so cute. There was yeah, she was really helpful, and it was definitely I think easier on her. And I think that they're, you know, okay. So this is a little bit of kind of the attachment parenting mm-hmm. philosophy, <laughs> which I, I'm not against, but like I'm not all for it but right. there's something about like that child deserves and this is not anything against any parents that decide to have their kids back to back to back first it's like nearly it's really hard to to nurse mm-hmm. when you're pregnant mm-hmm. so that kind of like takes away that sure. experience for the baby but i think there's something about developing that connection that really strong connection in the mm-hmm. first two years with your each child mm-hmm. that is so imperative mm-hmm. and really just so important and I I've heard that I think people. that that just for me was something that was really important I got pregnant when Harper was 18 months so my kids would have been what two and a half years apart and um you know and then I ended up having a miscarriage it took us an entire year to get pregnant with Dakota mm-hmm. And, yeah, they ended up being, like, three and a half years apart. Right. But, um, you know, it just, it, it worked out beautifully for me. And, you know, it was kind of nice. Like, Harper was sleeping through the night and fully potty trained. And yeah, all those nice. things, which is yeah. also super helpful because, like, potty training two kids. Yeah, and that's my friend. She's, like, mm-hmm. like at them both at the same time. I'm, like, you're out of your mind. Like, you're potty training this one. You're dealing with it. Like, I can barely potty train the dog. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Amen to like, that. <laughs> I can barely do that. Yeah, it's and a so lot. true. But, yeah, no, I mean, but this is, like, also informative and so helpful. And for me, honestly, it's so inspiring and encouraging because I've just been you know like really going through it being that like I'm newly pregnant and still taking everything in and you know I mean everyone has a million opinions including your parents and everything and just like my favorite thing that I tell my clients to tell um 
friends or family mm-hmm. that are like so overbearing mm-hmm. or have so many opinions. And That's I say this, no, <laughs> you could say that. That would be Amanda Lawrence. Um, I, and I use this even for people who give me parenting advice and I'm like eye roll, but whatever. Um, <laughs> what I tell people in like a really, with a huge like shit eating grin on my face. Can I say shit? Sorry, yes, you can. Yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shit you eating grin on my face. <laughs> I go, I know you see it that way. Like, with a big smile on my face, like, you can shut the fuck up now. Like, you know, like, it's kind of a nice way to be, like, to totally shut you down. Like, I know you see it that way. My mom will give me parenting advice all the time. Or, oh, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about X, Y, and Z. I know you see it that way. You know, and it's just kind of, like, a a way that you can just kind of shut people down. Like, oh, you're not going to have, I got it so much. Like, you're not going to get an epidural. You're not going to have a hospital birth. Like, your baby could die, blah, blah, blah. It's like... I know you see it that way, right. you know? I feel like right. that could work for many things. It works for everything. I yeah. use it for everything. Yeah, like, really, I, mean, I know. It's totally People's opinions, it's like, I don't give a fuck. Right. Like, well, it's like, you know, I know you everyone has an asshole. That way. It's just like opinions. Yeah. <laughs> so. Does your mom love being a grandmother? It's been an interesting road. Um, and I think that it just kind of lines up with, like, our evolution of, like, healing. Like, it took my mom a long while to realize that she wasn't the greatest mother Mm -hmm. and um the interesting thing is like when one person gets sober or gets better or gets healthy in a family unit um either the rest of the family is going to get healthy too or they're not right and so I'm fortunate that my mom really like kind of stepped up to the plate and Mm -hmm. was like oh wow right like yeah you know I gently and sometimes Evan even gently or not so gently (laughs) pointed (laughs) out um a lot of not her flaws but her a lot of things just like really unhealthy behavior Mm -hmm. and I think that um when I started setting firm boundaries like our relationship began to change don't get me wrong there was like a lot of resilience in the beginning and she um there was like a lot of hurt feelings and and pain involved Mm -hmm. in this healing process too but it's gotten better and I think that um my mom ended up having a hysterectomy when she had, so she had her whole uterus removed, which is kind of similar to having a C-section. Oh, wow. When Harper was about two, and I remember I went and visited her um, and while she was recovering, and she said, wow, I really regret that I wasn't there for you more when you oh. were recovering from your C-section with Harper. And I think that, you know, there's moments in our life that allow us to become more humble. Oh, yeah. More, yeah. yeah have more um, empathy for other people yeah. and I think one that was one of those yeah. those moments and um, as a mom who's also struggled with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety I think that she realizes um, just how much it, it affects you yeah. mm-hmm. and um, how much support I really needed when I had Harper Aww. and so she's been she's definitely been better um, with Dakota she was with my kids this morning I called her she was supposed to take Harper to her field trip and she was sick and um, and I called her this morning. I said, can you come by? I have an appointment with my gyno, and I don't really want to bring both my kids. And I didn't sleep at all last mm-hmm. night because I was up with Harper. Oh. And she was like, yeah. So she came by and helped out, and so that was really great. Nice. And, yeah, you know, it's just it, – and then Evan's parents live all the way in Canada, so they only oh, get to see the kids okay. a couple times a year, which okay. is – Yeah, it's going to be interesting with my okay. parents. Like, to my parents um, – 
first grandchild and also my husband's first. Mm. We're both from the East Coast. We moved out here almost mm. eight years ago now. And so, you know, they, they're all talking about, like, how much they'll visit. And it's, like, it'll be interesting to see how much, you know, they really mm-hmm. spend their time out here because mm-hmm. both our parents are on the East Coast. It's not yeah. an easy, like, same Canada. It's not an easy flight. It's yeah. not an easy travel. Like, you know, yeah. we're not going to be able to, like, be traveling back a ton. All the time. So it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting Is anyone going to gonna move? You know, it's funny. We were asking those questions, and they've all said no. But, you know, I also don't fully believe that, like, when they see the baby and they're out here, like, especially my mom, she's, like, yeah. we're very close, and she's very attached. And I wouldn't be shocked if she ended up being, like, maybe we'll get, like, an Airbnb. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, they <laughs> stay for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. At least for the first few months to, like, really help me like, yeah. get settled. I just, Definitely. I would be shocked, especially because I'm the only girl, like, you know, for my parents, my two brothers, they're a while away from even being near marriage, yeah. you know? So it's, like, I'm, like, that golden child moment, you know? Yeah. So it's, like, I, but when they found out I was pregnant, they were, like, bawling and screaming. Yeah, it was really cute. cute. We FaceTimed them and, like, we we danced like we picked up baby shoes and we like danced baby shoes across the face oh, how cute. So I was oh, fitting, you know. And my parents were like, "What are you?" And then all of a sudden, my mom's like, oh, "No way!" And started screaming. My dad started bawling, and I'm like, "Oh, oh my god!" You know, so like, it was really cute. So you know, I mean, you were with them, but my birthday, and they were yeah. talking about how bad they wanted a grandchild then. And it was like, huh, I was already pregnant at my birthday, but I didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. I know that's like, so. I know. You know? Oh my god, you drank so much. Then. Oh, I know. I'm like, oh my god, that's crazy to think about. Like, because you don't know you're pregnant. And yeah. You're just like doing your normal drinking, routine. Like, drinking. No whatever, idea. Smoking yeah. joint. Oh my god. <laughs> Taking your baby. Your baby's okay. I know. Stealing my baby's yeah. Oh, my God. But it's, like, you know, early on, like you said, in the beginning, beginning, they're resilient anyway. So it's, like, it's yeah. fine. And it's, like, and, and now, you know, I don't know if you if you have heard this or if you believe this, but most people have told me when you're, like, this sick, it usually means it's a healthy baby. The sicker yeah, the baby. I think you're totally fine. I think you're totally fine. I think you're totally fine. Yeah, I wouldn't be concerned. But, I mean, I know we've kept you, and I know she's, like, no, baiting, like, I know. like, you're a total hero for, no, like, not sleeping last night and coming on our podcast today. <laughs> I'm Most so moms would have, like, got, tapped out. I'm so happy that we got to do no, that. Yeah, this has too. been, like, so beyond helpful and inspiring for me. Like, I can't even tell you. Oh, I'm happy to do it, and it was great. And even though I'm tired, I'm going to go <laughs> home and, like, pay, see if my babysitter can save for, like, three extra hours so you I can sleep. Do you want coffee or espresso? <laughs> I'm okay. I actually don't drink coffee. I, I know. I'm the only mom in the world that I don't does drink not coffee drink either. coffee. That was, but that was before. Wait, yeah. I, like, I don't drink coffee. Huh? I, I know, can't. and she does the same thing to me, too, and I, I, don't, I don't do espresso, I don't do coffee, yeah. I don't do cappuccino, I don't, I don't do Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. I'm hypoglycemic, so, like, my blood pressure, I have a hard time regulating my um, blood sugar, mm-hmm. and coffee just doesn't work for me. Like, I feel shaky and dizzy. That's why I'm and, yeah, shaky and dizzy, work for me. and, like, everything And, like, I'm wrong. sweating, and I'm just, my heart's yeah. racing, I'm like, I don't know this if is I have terrible. I've never found out, but, I, but those symptoms that you just described, that's what I go yes. through all the time. No, I'm hypoglycemic, and I need coffee. Like, I need it more now. Well, it's very weird. I know. Two around for no, me it does not work for me like I basically have to be like pretty much paleo 100 grams or more of protein a day under 50 oh carbs God. a day wow. like no sugar wow. otherwise I feel like shit oh, the wow. whole time so you're like yeah. the most disciplined person I'm not though really I'm not I'm not no, no I'm not no I'm not yeah. I tell myself like oh I'm gonna meditate <laughs> oh I'm gonna do this oh my, I don't oh, I don't please. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm gonna say this I'm in survival mode the other day like I went to and then I'll finish on this because I do have no, to go no, but no. the other day just to make me seem like a real person because I am. Um, because I am. I'm just sharing the good stuff. No, but the other day, um, I was 
I walked into my daughter, you know, I have my daughter in like gymnastics and dance and soccer. <laughs> she does gymnastics and dance with her little best friend, Ava. And, um, and I, I walk into gymnastics and Ava's mom is there. We're friends. And like, I just can't even, like, I just go sit in there waiting area. <laughs> my baby's screaming. It's just been one of those days, like, my anxiety is like full right. force. Right. I feel like I'm not surviving as a parent. Like, I just feel like an ultimate failure, which, mind you, this, I have days like this, like, at least a quarter of the month. I feel like that's <laughs> normal, though. It's normal. It's normal. There's highs and lows yeah, to life. It's just the way that it is. So yeah. I'm like, God, I'm freaking struggling. And I'm, you know, and I, I'm just like, you know, kind of. Just, I just don't want to talk to anybody. And I right. text her later and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I just feel like I'm failing as a mother and I'm so overwhelmed. And I'm like crying in the shower Aww. and I'm not making it out of this. And it's so hard. And she goes, dude, I feel the exact same way. And, I, Aww. you know, it's just like as moms, yep. it doesn't matter if, well, okay, it might be different for Kim Kardashian versus me. But <laughs> girl, <laughs> it's, it's hard. It is hard, you know. Um, I think being a mother, I think being a present, I think being a mother is hard. I think trying to be, like, a really present um, um, parent and, yeah, being mindful of, because as a parent, you don't realize this, but all of your childhood shit that happened to you like mm-hmm. bubbles up like oh, as your sure. parent like everything comes to light and yeah. then like you're forced to kind of like face you either face mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. or you turn into your parents right and you like continue yeah. the cycle of exactly yeah. how they parented you and then you go through the same things okay so oh yeah no it's like a lot of work so like I'm in therapy once a week it I definitely struggle I don't go to AA anymore I don't even really consider myself sober I consider myself like abstinent um I don't drink. I don't use hard drugs. Right. Um, so that makes parenting even harder. I'm sure. Because sometimes I'm like, man, if I could just smoke a joint right yeah, now, like what I would give. Um, <laughs> you know, to be able to well, like, like or can I have that red? Can I have that beer? You know, at least right. when you're nursing, you can have that beer at five o'clock or right. that glass of wine or whatever right. it is. You know, and so as parents, we struggle. I'm often way too hard on myself. The sleepless nights totally get to me. You know, sometimes I wish I had a full-time nanny and a chef and a maid. (laughs) You know, I wish I had all of that stuff sometimes. And then other times I'm like, I would not give this up for the world. And I don't Mm want to go back to work. And then Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like, God, get me out of here. I just want to go back to work. (laughs) So I have, you you know, you flip-flop and you have up and downs. And, you know. um, Totally get that. But what I realize is that, like, even all of these struggles and even all these things that I, like, whine and complain about their blessings like I have so much to be you know most moms I mean I think it's like 25% of moms in the U.S. go back to work two weeks after giving birth birth. that is outrageous Mm -hmm. so I'm just I'm so fortunate um you know I'm fortunate that I'm able to be in a position to be you know a voice for for women's rights and for our health care and reproductive rights and all those different things and yeah okay so there it is I'm human 
and I'm perfectly flawed. <laughs> and but yet you works. look flawless right now. I know you don't. I know. Like, I know. Oh my God. Your skin is glowing. Your hair is like has amazing. I appreciate every guest you have. I mean, I hope I look like you when I have a sleepless night. Like serious girl. Yeah, your your sleepless night is better than me on like a really good day. Exactly. Like seriously, it's like it's a lot of work. Okay, it's a lot of it's a lot of work. But no, like my skin is broken out right now. I feel like crap. She's like glowing. No, no, no. It's my makeup. But you know, what makeup? I have like I just wear like Bobby Brown foundation Mm -hmm. with Bobby Brown powder, (laughs) Nars Orgasm. I love Nars Orgasm. Orgasm. And then the rest is my lip injections and my eyelash (laughs) extensions. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been working for like years to grow out my eyebrows. So like they're slowly starting to like come back. Castor oil is like you just get whole foods or one yep. life changing. It is wow. life changing. My my brows grew like so much so faster. Bad. I have, and personally, I, I'm huge on threading. I think threading over waxing or anything for, so for me. See, I don't know. Wasn't it's it's not that it's not painful, but like my girl is like brows by Gucci. She's the best, mm-hmm. and she just she's so careful and she's like so meticulous and mm-hmm. doesn't hurt you unless she really has to like yank. Yeah. That she's just like I'm in, I'm out. It's this so is like quick. Fast. Yeah. She's fast and she tells me all the time like that's why my brows already grown to where they have besides yeah. the castor oil because when you thread like you're allowing so much more yeah. to keep coming. Really? Uh-huh. Then waxing Should I do that? Else. Yeah, you I should go to my girl. She's incredible. Uh, she says that's the worst. I, you know what it is? It's like too many cooks. I know. Like, you got the guy that does, I like the guy that does my lip. I have the guy that does my face. Well, that's why I like brows are your cheese. I'm expensive to upkeep. Oh, me too. Are you kidding? My husband yells at me. I don't think my husband really understands the whole extent of like trying to look this good when you're a new mom. Yeah. Like, not to mention my tummy tuck. Everything. You know, which is amazing. Like, truly. You know, I just figured this. Like, I am 26 right now. I can't be like looking like I'm. I can't have the belly of like a fifty-year-old yeah, woman that has yeah. had five kids. I like know. I just can't yeah. for the rest of my oh, life. Oh, I I've been slathering like so much Bio-oil. butter and oil and everything all over my stomach. Like, work. So I don't it's okay. I'll tell you, show you. I still have. Look, I still have tons of stretch marks. That's not horrible. And now though. I have That's a huge scar. Bad. I have a scar hit to hit. That my friends my are way worse. Tummy tuck. I have a scar all the way they across. They did an amazing they job. They did do an amazing but, job. Wow. You have like yeah. a perfect You do have a perfect tummy. Yeah. This is great like, for a podcast. No, my jeans are clearly like super tight. But wow. Um, no, those are well, I'm envious because I'm, I can barely at this point. Like, oh my god. god. You really know. have the bump oh, now. Yeah. I, haven't, like, I wore leggings and muumuu like dresses my entire Well, pregnancy. I'm a fashion expert and I was honey, so I gotta figure it out. Like, I've already started looking at everything and figuring out like what's gonna look cute because like how like yoga insane over other things like I will literally lose my mind if I have to wear something really and I don't want to wear because yeah. that's just my brain so the it's good like, news is, is that maxi dresses were in for both of my right, pregnancies so yep. like I could just rock this like really big bump in the front yep. with nothing in the back, in the back. <laughs> and then um I found really like Paige makes really good um uh, pregnancy jeans Ooh, they do that. so Paige makes good pregnancy jeans and then I just wore my, like, Lululemon leggings with, like, really cute, fl- those, like, yeah. free people shirts mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Yep. Because free people shirts 
are usually the crop under crop the bus, under the bus. Yeah. and then like super flowy. Totally. So even if a little bit of my belly yeah. like showed underneath, I didn't right. care. Totally. And you just make it work. Yeah. And in the winter, it's so cold. Yeah. You just well, okay, colds for LA, yeah, but like right. still, we have mornings that are like thirty degrees. Okay. Right. Totally. That's true. Yes. Um, you know, you just bundle yeah. up and like scarves and You could be wearing like a black long sleeve and leggings, but you just gotta wear like a cute jacket exactly. and a scarf and. And then put a good lippy on. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know? I know. I'm already started. That's like, when you make the handbags count. Right. You know? it's exactly. Like, You're like, oh, as long as I get a cute handbag. Yeah. Handbag on. Right. Yeah. No, I know. I was yesterday. I was trying to put my jeans on, and I was like, and these are not yes. happening. And I'm like, I'm officially Hi. getting to that stage where I got to start like Hi. looking into everything. But I, but I, I got to figure You're it out. I'm gonna have up. to reinvent my whole wardrobe for real because you know me, Amanda. Like I will kill somebody Wait, if I have to walk out of the house and not feel like. Do we want to go to like? It's not Mimi Maternity anymore. That oh, was like a costume from high school. A pee in the pot. Pee in the pot. They changed the name because Mimi was like the really expensive one, mm-hmm. and it was next to like Givenchy growing mm-hmm. up, like across. I went to school in the Upper <laughs> Side of Manhattan, and there were like all these fancy stores. <laughs> pee in the pot everywhere, though. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I, I got my cute little pink sweatshirt that I posted on Instagram. This is part of my bump for pee. In the pot. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. no, that's super cute. And it's so comfy. But I need to find, like, for real. Like, yesterday, I found one cute, like, jumpsuit that had enough, like, room and then, like, tied where it wasn't comfortable. And I'm like, okay, this looks cute because it accentuates my bump, but it's still, like, comfortable enough and yeah. I don't feel, like, suffocates. And that's another thing, too. I went to a wedding last weekend. and I was, Oh, my God. I looked at my husband and I go, can we go back to the room? He's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I literally feel like I'm going to pass out. Yeah. Like, I could like, almost feel the baby being like, no. I can't yeah, breathe. Get me out of this face. Seriously. Yes. And I had to like like rush back and change my drive. I mean, it's crazy. So I'm just starting to get there and just figuring it out. Oh my God. All these things to look forward to. But I'm yeah. telling you, I'll definitely be reaching out. Definitely. I know. Yeah. I know you've got to run. Yeah. So I do. Bad. My traffic home is going to be so I bad if I wait any longer. I know. Look, and this, so as we say. Yes. Be fabulous. Be fabulous. Be fabulous. Be fabulous. Oh, wait. Before I forget, wait. Oh, plug yourself. Plug yourself. Oh, well, I don't do much. <laughs> I only ha- I don't really use my Twitter anymore, but I have an Instagram. It's um it's Alexis Haynes. And again, if you need help with addiction or you're looking for a birth doula, you can always reach out to me on there. And my husband's business is Aloe Recovery Centers. Um, we have locations both in Malibu and in Los Angeles. And that's A L O Aloe Recovery. Well, but all all that that all okay, yes. cool. Thank, Thank you so much, girl. Bye. Bye. Bye.